She said, take him from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today we have, I guess, ambidextrous or amphibious, whatever you go by, um, Pat Venditti. Thanks for coming on. Hey, glad to be here. Could you go through kind of your story, Pat? I mean, I guess first things first about just the ambidextrous part. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's unique in that everything I do in life is uh, right-handed, in baseball was no different when I started playing, but my dad was a, a, a catcher through college and he never played professionally, but you know, he, he had the baseball bug and he had the idea that, you know, if there could be switch hitters, why not a switch pitcher? So at, I think like the age of three, he started to train my left side to try to catch up with my right. And it was just uh, one of those things that started at an early age. And then I guess the, the sidearm part, where did that all come from, Pat? Yeah, so that that was a product of uh, 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 a college pitching coach that I had. My freshman year at Creighton, I walked on and had about the worst year you could ever have as a uh, as a walk on. You know, I only had like three or four games pitched, and it was not any of them were were very good. So when I came into fall ball my sophomore year, my pitching coach was Travis Wyckoff at the time, and he said, Pat, if you're going to have any type of success here, we're going to we're going to have to try something new. I want you to try to drop down left handed. So that at that time, I was over the top right handed and I dropped down sidearm left handed. And literally from like the second day I was playing catch in that low slot, everything just for the first time in my life started to come out a lot easier. Like throwing left handed was difficult, even, you know, even though I'd been practicing for 15 years at that time. It was still difficult to do, but once I dropped down to that sidearm slot, everything was just much more simple for me, and it was just natural. And then the slider I was able to throw off of that from down there too really came easy to me left-handed. And once I made that adjustment, things really took off for me at Creighton, where I went to a guy that wasn't really pitching much to, you know, pitching in you know the most important part of almost every game from that point on, sophomore, junior, and senior season, and. Right-handed, it took a lot longer for me to drop down right-handed. I think I was like in my seventh year of pro ball. I was on the last year of my minor league contract with the Yankees. And one of the coaches came up to me during spring training because they had been trying to get me to drop down righty too. And I was just fighting it because it wasn't coming nearly as easy as it did right-handed. Yeah. He said, hey, you didn't hear this from me, but if you don't drop down right-handed permanently, you're going to be released before spring training's over. He <laughs> was one of my, my buddies that we had played through the system together. And he was now a coach there. And that was what kind of lit the fire underneath me. And I was like, well, all right, unless I wanted to get into a new profession here, I better do it. And I really committed to it. And that first year of uh, minor league free agency, I think it was like 2015. That's when everything kind of clicked for me right-handed where I was able to get down and get the slot going. And it was just one of those things that just took a lot longer because the, the left side came so easily. Is there any mechanical tips that you'd have for, for sidearm pitching? You know what? It's all a feel. I, there's not one thing I do um, that, that can just solve any any mechanical, mechanical deficiencies. All of our bodies work so different. 
my biggest advice through all that is you just, you know, do it and do it and do it until you're sick of doing it. And through that, you'll find different things, whether it be a release point or whether it be throwing off-speed pitches off of different fingers. For example, like my right-handed slider, I throw off of my index finger. I, I grip the seam with my index finger, which is a little bit different than most people throw their sliders. But yeah. that's how I can get the most rotation on it. And left-handed, I throw it off of my middle finger. So it's just huh. my biggest advice would just be try, you know, everything you could think of, any anything that a pitching coach tells you, try it all because you don't know what's going to work. And then, Pat, is there anything maybe for like a mental standpoint for anyone maybe debating on dropping down or do you have any kind of tips for that? Same. I, I would say the same thing when it comes yep. to just trying things in baseball and just because you drop down, it doesn't mean you have to stay drop down. I, I know it's kind of looks, you're looked down upon if you drop down at too early of an age, you know, oh, it's just, you know, you can't get anybody out over the top. And to be honest, that's a bunch of garbage. I think my biggest advice would be just, drop down a couple times a game as you're trying to drop down to that sidearm angle, see how hitters respond to it and then still show that fastball over the top. Because some guys like a Steve Ciszek, it doesn't matter if he's throwing sidearm over the top, he's going to throw hard. Whereas other guys like myself, when I throw over the top, I can get an extra two or three miles an hour. So it's just one of those things that, you know, the more you do it, the better. And I, I would say mix it into games, see how the hitters respond. And if it's something where you can keep hitters off their toes, mix it up even more. What pitches do you throw and kind of velocity are you at from both? Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I'm always working on too. What I'm throwing today might be a different repertoire than I'm throwing two weeks from now, but that's, that's all trial and error as well. As of right now and last season, I was throwing a fastball, slider, changeup, sidearm and then a fastball change up over the top. And from the right side, when I'm over the top, I can get up to 88, you know, 86, 88, then sidearm like 83 to 87 right-handed. And then left-handed, I'm pretty much all sidearm, and that's coming in uh, blazing between 79 and 82, depending on the day. <laughs> and the wind or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. When in my back, watch out. I might be touching 83. You're in trouble. <laughs> Um, I guess would there be anything, Pat, like um, from a bullpen standpoint, when you're kind of sitting there, like especially with with both your your arm, you know, being able to pitch with both arms, like is there anything from a bullpen standpoint, like just to get ready in the game that you have to kind of go through? Or absolutely, you know, that's that's what I found has been the biggest difference between you know outings where you're checked in and other outings where your mind might be fleeting a little bit, your thoughts might be elsewhere. The worst thing that can happen to a guy in the bullpen is getting caught off guard. So hmm. anytime, you know, after the, really, if I'm in the big leagues, it's anytime after the first pitch, because, you know, I could be a long guy on a certain day, or I could be pitching the ninth inning if we're, you know, up five or down three or four, it just, you know, at any point in the time, any point in the game, I can be in there. So what I try to do is just try to be mentally ready. So that body can go as quick as possible. And what I like to do is just kind of go through the checkpoints in my delivery I have three things that I kind of really rely upon, um, which is balance, direction, and finish. I kind of go through those three things as I'm getting warmed up. Because if I'm missing the zone, it's usually because one of those three. And the quicker you can eliminate which one of the ones it is, the faster you can get where you need to be. So I'm already doing that, going through my delivery, going in through, hey, who am I going to face? Is it going to be a lefty first? Who do I got a couple lefties stacked there. You know, is there anybody I need to maybe – pitch around and there are poles in the lineup where you can maybe find 
outs a little bit easier. And I'm just starting to go through that process very early in the game. So I'm not caught off guard when the, when the time comes. And I guess, Pat, is there days where maybe you're, you're down left-handed, but then good to go right-handed? If I, uh, if I had a lot of pitches the day before, yep. yeah, that is one of the things that can happen. It's not too often, maybe a couple times a season that can happen. And then how do you feel, Pat, about having a rule made after you? <laughs> you know what? That's, that's something I get asked all the time. At this point, it's not something that means a whole lot to me. I'm guessing it will down the line. It's obviously pretty cool. But, you know, at this point, the juncture, it's just a uh, it's something that's there that I'm sure I'll, I'll appreciate a lot more as time goes on. Have you had many teammates that were um, sidearm submarine pitchers? You know, I, I, did, I was able to play with C-Shack in Seattle. Um, as far as submariners go, Ben Rowan was a teammate of mine. Um, and you know what? The one that I, I absolutely cannot stand playing catch with, the hardest game of catch I've ever had in flat grounds is with Tyler Rogers with the Giants. <laughs> that guy is impossible to catch. I don't know how anyone makes contact with any of his pitches. It's just, it's something from another world. I've never seen anything like it. The way his fastball rises, the way his slider moves, it's literally like a wiffle ball. And then were there any uh, any guys that you would kind of watch when you started to drop down? Yep, I would. Uh, so what I would do is, uh, well, not necessarily when I started, because when I, I started this back left-handed, what would have been 2005. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't nearly the video footage back then, but... What I do now is going into a series um, at the big league level is I'll pull up any footage I can find of, you know, Sergio Romo, guys like that, um, Clay Rapata, guys that, you know, don't necessarily throw all that hard and maybe not even guys that, that drop down all the time, but just guys that I, I see have similar stuff to me. And then I see how the hitters react. And if I see certain things like, you know, is this guy seeing the side to side stuff really well? Is he able to stay on that slider? All right. Well, then I know maybe my fastball changeup will probably be a better mix to this guy. Whereas there's certain guys that they just never adjust to that side to side stuff and you can get them with it all day. But that's just something I try to identify. Um, and I use that more or less to watch how the hitter reacts to it compared to the pitcher. Just because, like I said before, all of our deliveries are so different. We're all at, you know, at the mercy of how our own bodies work. Could you talk to us a little bit about your MLB debut? <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a long time coming. That was about after eight years uh, in the minors. It was actually in Fenway, which was a, about the coolest place as any to make a debut. Um, I didn't actually arrive to the second inning of the game. I had My flight out of Nashville was like at 7 a.m., but there were so many weather delays that I didn't get in there until about on the second inning and made my way out to the pen. And it was actually almost kind of a good thing. I didn't have too much time to think about it because four innings later I was in the game um, and I was able to uh, navigate a couple innings that night. Unfortunately, it was against, like I said, the Red Sox who I had come up playing against with the Yankees. We were playing Pawtucket and Portland constantly in the minor leagues. So I think like six of the eight guys or, or whatever it was, four of the seven guys I faced that night, I had faced before in the minor leagues. Mookie Betts was a part of that, like Swihart. It was a bunch of guys who were obviously really good players, but because I had gotten them out before, it wasn't as daunting as just like, you know, seeing Big Poppy, Pedroia, Hanley, Ramirez coming in there all at once. It was nice to have a mix of guys that I had already gotten out. So that was uh, very helpful in that first one. Had a couple of good innings there to start it all off. 
And then Pat, you you have um, I guess myself. I, I used to play on the British national team, but you you've kind of represented Italy a few times in kind of European baseball. What what are your thoughts on on that? It's the best. I uh, <laughs> I became a citizen in 2012. Um, I played in the classic in 13, uh, the European Championship in 14, and maybe 15. I don't remember the exact years. And then the uh, classic again in 17, and then the Olympic qualifier with them. Uh, in 2019 and it's just there's nothing like it it's there's there's so much pride that goes into those games and it's nothing like you know the minor league baseball here or the big league side where you know you're pretty much only concerned about you know I'm taking care of what I can take care of today just because it's you know the business of the game and when you get over there you don't care about anything besides winning because you look down two weeks from now, nobody remembers a single thing besides who won the game. And there's just so much pride and effort that goes into all that. And to be able to play with those guys who play professionally in Italy, who have, you know, nine to five jobs on the side. There was a guy who was a gardener. He would wear his gardening gloves and batting gloves. And, you know, he was one of our best players. It was just, it's such a unique experience to where the passion and the, the love for the game comes out and it, it's, it's something that I'll, I'll do every chance that I get. And, and I'm guessing Italy, very similar to Great Britain. It's almost just guys coming together for that one tournament and not much practice time together. And it's always kind of a crapshoot a little bit about who's, who's on that roster for that tournament. So. Yeah. And you'd be surprised there though, with, with those guys, especially like in the European championship there, there's those guys that play in the, Italian league because usually the minor league season is still going. So you don't have a whole lot of minor league guys coming over to play. True. So the core group of the guys, they're, the, they're together for the bulk of those tournaments. And then, you know, for the classic, it, it, it is a different look because you have pretty much all big leaguers on that team then. Yeah. And they're, you know, that's obviously a blast too. It's just, it's just different when you're over there playing in Germany or the Czech Republic. It's just, it's a different type of baseball. Yeah. yeah I, I guess, guess uh, uh yeah, yeah, it was, was kind of like, like European. European it's tough to explain to people European baseball. I know, like, um, I, I played a season in France and a season in Germany as well, other than the Great Britain national team. And they're definitely they're passionate about it. But a lot of them don't get started till like they're fifteen, sixteen. And I definitely feel like there's some guys that yeah, and they only really like some of them only practice twice a week and. But there's some guys that could definitely, definitely play if they maybe got started a little bit sooner or given a little bit fair, maybe fair of a chance. But and I think they're doing their best to get that going. I know there's an MLB academy over there. Yeah. And I think I think that'll change with time. Yeah. But as you know, it's just like nobody, like it's just there's not that many people that even know about baseball over there, especially in Italy. I don't know how you know I was over there in England, but like I was, you know, your your fields are out in the middle of the farms, like off of the train tracks, like it's just, there's not anything by these stadiums and it's just, it's a different, different world. Yeah. No, and uh, I mean, England's obviously all cricket, so they've kind of, I know they tried to do that MLB game a couple years ago and I think it it did well, but at the same time, I mean, it helps when they're just coming there for two days and. I think that ended a couple guys this season too on the bump. They gave up like (laughs) 10 runs in those two games and never got their ERA back down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I played like, it's partly last year I played with him. Just complained about that series the whole time. He's in the ball just flew in the park was tiny. Is that something, Pat? You look. Would you be interested in playing in Europe later on, towards the end of your career? If I didn't have 
three kids at the house, I would absolutely do that. <laughs> but I don't think uh, I don't think the missus would be too happy if I packed up and went for six months at a time on European uh, on a European vacation without her. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then Pat, I mean, currently right now, uh, free agents or? Yeah, I'm hoping something um, comes up for this season. Yep, I'm staying ready to go. Just with how crazy last year was, I was you know, yeah. on the couch, and about five days later, I was in a, a big league game. You just you have to stay ready. It's a crazy time, and yeah, already as a journeyman middle reliever, it's you know kind of a crapshoot as it is. So I found you just you stay ready and hope for the best, and eventually things turn. I guess is that something you know post playing? Are are you looking at staying in the game, coaching, scouting, or? You know, I would I would be interested in something like that. I'm not hot committed either way. Um, I think I would rather be on the scouting side of things, uh, especially at the professional level. Um, it's just, I think the front office side and the business side of it maybe intrigues me a little bit more than the pitching or than the coaching side. Yep. And I do think just because of all the experience I've had, you know, not just in the minor leagues and the big leagues, but, you know, playing winter ball and I've played in Mexico, Venezuela, the Dominican, and then my international experience with Italy, I've just seen, so much baseball over the years. I think that that in and of itself brings a lot of knowledge that that can take you far if you want to stay in this game afterwards. And then obviously you played in Canada with the Blue Jays. Did you, have you played in Canada before, like in the minors or? No, I, I, I you know what? I played in Thunder Bay in uh, 2007 in the Northwoods League. Okay. Yeah. I think the Border Cats is the Thunder Bay Border Cats. Yeah. Uh, that was my only experience. My roommate from college played in uh, Falcona, I believe. Is that a city on the west side of Canada? Uh, Kelowna? Kelowna, that's what it was. It was the Kelowna Falcons. I'm getting my letters mixed up there. Yeah. But yeah, he played out there. And then, yeah, being in Toronto was my first experience. But that was, uh, you know, that was in 2016 when they had some really, really talented teams there. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun to be on that team because there wasn't a whole lot of teams that were beating us. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that. And the Rogers center was just absolutely rocking on most days when, when we were playing. And that was a blast. Um, I guess Pat, just kind of our call to the bullpen here. So it's just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, favorite NHL team. Oh, probably uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, favorite travel destination? That would have to be Hawaii. All-time favorite professional wrestler? Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I grew up in the Attitude Era. There was a lot of good ones. And I'm going to have to go Stone Cold, though. I know it's mainstream, but there was just something about when you hear that the breaking of the glass. It still gives me chills to this day. And then what is the capital of Canada, Pat? Capital of Canada. Let's see here. Uh, Edmonton? Um, no, uh, more East Coast. More East Coast. Montreal? Uh, a little more uh, East. Well, it's, not, it's not Toronto, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the hockey team's the Senators, if that helps. Okay, Ottawa. Yeah, I know yeah. that then. I did not know Ottawa was the capital. Um, if you could golf or have dinner with three famous people, dead or alive, who would it be? It's another fantastic question that I've never been asked. Let's see. We'll go Benjamin Franklin, Jesus, and Patrick Waugh. 
And then would it be golf or dinner? Golf. Definitely a game of golf with those three. Can you imagine that foursome? <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be a pretty good foursome. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who's doing all the putts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any, anything 100 yards and in. Uh, any course that you'd like to do? Oh, um, I was able to play. I went to um, Maui a few few uh, winters ago, and I I played uh, where they play the Honda Classic. The name of the course is escaping me, but it was one of the coolest places I've ever been. Um, I played that one again. That was a pretty cool round. And if you could be an Olympian in another sport, winter or summer, what sport would you like to do? Great question. Um, definitely hockey. Can you imagine being hockey player at the winter olympics that'd be so sweet i guess kind of in the yankees minor league system he was your catcher for i think a few seasons he represented great britain do you remember his name great britain. i guess in 2012 oh. he was on the great britain uh, wbc team on the qualifying team yeah al baker i'm uh, sorry ryan baker yep yeah, ryan baker absolutely yeah yes i truly remember that <laughs> I was actually, I was on him that entire season in 2011 to uh, make that happen because he was kind of on the fence with it. And I was in the process of trying to get my citizenship for Italy at the time. And I was just, I was on him the whole time that he needed to go do that. (laughs) And then Pat, I guess, what would be overall your favorite part about pitching from down under? You know, the fact that you can be, you can pitch well below the speed limit and still find a way to get guys out, you know. If I'm over the top at 80 miles an hour, I'm getting laughed off the most high school mounds, let alone in professional baseball. And there's just something about that angle that hitters don't see very often that allows you to prolong a career and that allows you to really find uh, almost an artistic way to get guys out, if that makes sense, where you have to kind of be creative. You can create things, and you just – you can create different movements down there that guys are not used to seeing. And for me, it really feels much more natural to kind of just sling the ball from down there. And I don't know if everyone is like that, but. Yeah, you'll definitely see some guys. Yeah. You were kind of mentioning, um, you know, velocity and, you know, it's, you know, that, you know, can be a part where you can get away with less. Like, where do you feel kind of on like, like the drive line stuff or like, do you do any weighted balls or anything like that? You know, I've tried it in the past. Um, I've obviously, I've tried everything under the sun to increase my velocity. And what I've come to find is it's just not in the cards for everyone. Yeah. For baseball, I think there's definitely a place for it. And I think more than any can to prepare. Once you get out in the game, whatever, I don't think there's anything the right way. No, absolutely. And there's... There's definitely lots of different, uh, you know, theories and, and principles behind different stuff. And like I said, some of that's not necessarily my experience, but I definitely know some guys have obviously gained VLO. I guess the tricky thing is just from the, the sidearm slot. But like I said, that's it's very, it's very, I've, I've tried it from down there. So I've tried to throw like a three pound ball from down there. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's tough to do. It, it's very difficult to do. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's like anything. It, some people it works for some people. It doesn't just like sidearm, like works for some people. It doesn't for others. It's just, that's the beauty of this game. There's just so many ways to do it. And there's really no wrong way to do it. 
Well, no, thanks for coming on, Pat. Definitely uh, wish you all the best this season and, and good luck and want to want to see you get signed there. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me on here. She said, do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and man thunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run, you better take cover.